Welcome to Probably Bothered, the podcast that cuts through online business myths so that you can redefine your version of success. Because I believe if you aren't a little bit bothered, you probably aren't paying attention. Can I be honest with you? I hate the ICA with a burning passion. I think the way that it is taught is just... It does a disservice to the process and it makes something that should be really simple and tangible, very abstract. Alex and I talk about the ICA and doing less, simplifying more and trusting more in your business on today's episode. Alex is the founder behind the Facebook Ad Freedom Agency and this conversation is one you don't want to miss. I am here today with Alex Ramirez, and she is a Facebook and Instagram ads guru. And I'm so excited for our conversation today because we have a lot of similar views about running a business in the online space. So before we jump into anything else, Alex, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself and and how you got here. Yeah. So my name is Alexander Ramirez. I'm actually super excited to talk to you guys about all the things that we're going to talk about. (laughs) But yeah, um, I am a Facebook ads and Instagram ads expert, and I really focus on helping my clients, which are normally coaches, on being able to get more leads, more income, and more freedom using advertising. Super simple. (laughs) Very simple. (laughs) And so I know that's one of the things that I definitely want to cover with you today because I feel like we are in this space of more is better. And the more offers you have, the, the more, I guess, complicated your business model is. It seems like everybody's telling you to do more and you have chosen to do less. So do you want to kind of talk about how Did you start there in your business or how did you get to that point? No, I feel like I've been, I'm like a lot of the other people in this, um, you know, coaching industry or just like this business, small business industry where we look at others, we look at our mentors or possible mentors. We look at people that were inspired, you know, by, we look at competition, you know, we're looking at all these different things. And I started out with, I think I started out with simplifying, you know, I would niche and I did all that kind of stuff. And then as time grew, especially nowadays, like you just said, especially starting in 2020 and 2021, and now maybe even going to 2022, uh, 2022, uh, a lot more people are, you know, focused in on creating more offers, creating more different funnels, creating all these different things, which is great and wonderful. And I love it for the people that it works for. Um, if you are that type of person that loves that hustle, that loves, you know, being passionate about your business and you like creating new offers and it feels amazing for you to create and create and create, that's you. Like you do you, you're amazing at what you do. And I love that. And I have clients who are like that. And I, I would never tell my clients like, no, <laughs> um, to, to having that passion, but at the same time, it doesn't work for everybody else. And I'm one of those people where it doesn't work for me. I know myself enough that if I continue, if I, if I do it like those people of creating new offers, you know, um, you know, creating content on the daily, doing Instagram stories, I've done it all. I've done it exactly how people have told me to do it. And I've learned for myself that it burns me out and it doesn't feel good to do that especially at the end of this 2021 and going into 2022, really simplifying the heck out of my business to the point where I'm the CEO and that's all I am. I'm the visionary of my business. I get to see where it's going to take me, take us and like my entire team and where it's going to take my company. Um, And, you know, maybe eventually I get rid of it or whatever. I don't know. But At this point in time, it's like my freedom, you know, puts more weight onto anything else than than money. (laughs) Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I think the the interesting thing that I noticed in my own journey as well is you almost have to try, right? Like there are people who are successful and they're successful for a reason. And 
Maybe their methods are valid across the board. Maybe they're valid for just them, but you go through that phase of trying on different things that you've seen other people do when you start your business. And only then can you really hone in on what works for you and what makes sense for you in your life. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I definitely would say the beginning of your business, like to definitely try different strategies, seeing what's going to work for you. Um, I just think I'm at the point in my business for myself where I'm like, I know exactly what I need to do, but I'm getting distracted, you know? So that's another thing too. You have to really think about, even if you're in the beginning of your business, like, am I just being distracted by, again, this, like the shiny object syndrome situation or do I really want to, you know, try out this strategy and do I think that it's going to work for me? You know, so it's really just like trusting yourself more than anything else. Do you know what I call that? What's that? Productive <laughs> procrastination. Because you can spend time trying all of these little things that everyone tells you to do, or you can hone in on the thing that you know that works and stay super, super focused. Either way, you feel like you're busy but I think sometimes we use that concept of productive procrastination to feel like we've earned success or earned a result because look at how I've done all of these different things. Yeah. And I think that's what I've been getting back to sometimes too, where it's just like, I'm, I, I'm constantly asking myself, what do I want? What does Alex want out of this? You know, instead of going, oh, look at what Stacy's doing and, and she's making a millions and millions of dollars. Well, what if Stacy's also burning herself out? <laughs> what yeah. is she doing right now? You know, and, or maybe she's doing fine. Maybe she loves what she's doing. Either way, it's like you have to really think about what do I want in my business more, you know, and that's super important. I think that you also hit a point in your business where the emphasis becomes so much more internal than external because I've also noticed that a lot of my friends and colleagues, I feel weird to say colleagues when I'm not referencing well, a nine to five biz besties, right? Biz besties. <laughs> all of my biz besties have, have done something similar where at the very beginning, it's like, you're just trying to soak in so much information and see what equals success. But I think the hardest thing to figure out is how to coach yourself and what that looks like and how do you really start bringing it back to, like you were saying, what feels good for you, what feels successful for you. Because your coach and can only do so much. Exactly. Whether or not you have one. I mean, there are, there are a hundred different ways to be coached, right? But mm -hmm. so I know that you are big on this concept of the lazy CEO. Is that what you yeah, call it? Yeah. I mean, so I don't, it's such a negative connotation, the word lazy, but I can only think of that word. Um, when I'm thinking of it, because when we think of CEO, especially in our industry, we're thinking of the person who is doing everything. We're thinking of the person who is, you know, writing content, um, you know, creating YouTube videos, creating a, you know, doing all these podcast episodes and, you know, coming up with new ideas for all of those different things. And like the new next offer that you're going to be promoting or, like the, what's the Instagram stories that I need to put together, all these different things. That's what the kind of like the CEO were taught in the beginning of our business. Like this is the things that you need to be doing inside. Right. But again, you get to a point in your business later on when you need to start putting in the CEO mindset, you need to start delegating. You need to start putting in, in like, you need to be only the visionary of a business and delegate the rest as much as possible. And you could do that slowly. It doesn't have to be automatic. You don't have to hire, you know, three uh, <laughs> virtual assistants and, you know, a graphic designer or a copywriter, like right now, the second, but it's good to start having that CEO mindset of what should I be doing in my business? That's going to ultimately one increase the sales of my business, because that's ultimately what I want. But at the same time, being able to create a business that prioritizes what we want for our business. So for me, that's like freedom and, you know, being able to have memories with my children and my husband and, you know, those things are even, I would a hundred percent guys, like <laughs> the most important thing more than anything is figuring out what you want. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you go after the money, 
it will never work out. If you go after the, your income goal that you're thinking about for 2022, you're going to lose out 100%. You're gonna, your mental capacity, your mental health is going to go down. I've done it so many times the last, gosh, I've done I've done my business for so many years. Where I'm like, <laughs> I do the math. Do the math. Like 2015, 2016. Six um, years. Yeah, it's been a long time. And yeah, I, I think that's the, the number one thing that like people need to stop focusing on is the money. Yes. Oh, I just dropped my pen because I got so excited. <laughs> but absolutely. I I I have two points on this. The the first is yes, we're so focused on money because it is it's such a like I don't know. It's such a sexy topic, right? To say like, look at me, I made all this money. And if you work with me, you can make all this money too. And that is great. And all of these things, but it skips, it skips the middle. It skips the, how are you working on what you're passionate about? And how are you working with your clients and how are you providing a great experience? And are you yourself having a great experience along the way? Just focusing on that tiny little detail at the end, which I, I totally understand. And I don't want to like wash over the fact that if you are building a business because you need more money, like I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize that fact at all. Mm-hmm. But also if you're skipping over the vision and the goal to get there, it's going to take so much longer. Yeah. But I think there's another connotation there. Like if I don't work hard, I won't make money. And if I don't make money, then I can't have what I desire and whatever that is, like the new car, the the new house, the whatever you're desiring uh, out of it. Like if you Mm -hmm. want to go on vacations and sip cocktails, whatever, right? (laughs) Um, You know, we just need to stop for a second and think about Again, what do I want in my business? Mm-hmm. Yes, I want money, but I'm not going to sacrifice my ultimate desires in order for me to, you know, just have the money. Yeah. That, that's what, what a lot of us are losing out on. And I think that's the reason why, you know, I got, I got rid of my social media platforms on <laughs> my phone recently. And I think Becca just was talking about before. She's like, I mm-hmm. went to your Instagram to go check you out. And, and you were gone you were like out of, like, I have a little post on there that says like, I don't have it on my phone. If you want to contact us, this is how blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But again, it just comes back to, I get distracted very easily in terms of looking at others and what they're doing in their business. And so I had to literally go, if I need, if I want to stay focused on my ultimate, like, you know, goals and my income, cause I get to have both. I get to have the freedom that I desire and the financial income that I want. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have to compromise either of those unless I allow it to. So that's why I had to get rid of the social media platforms off my phone or else I would get distracted yeah. um, in my focused area. So all of this comes down to setting a vision. And I know there are so many different ways to set a vision and there are so many different types of visions to set. So I know that you mentioned that your goal moving into next year is to be the visionary for your company. So do you want to talk about how you set your company vision, but also your personal vision? Um, to be honest, like I don't have a huge, uh, vision for the actual business. I'm, I, I, I just don't, it's more of just, um, to be honest with you guys, it's, I'm not one of these people who, and, and not to knock down anybody, because I think it's beautiful that some people are like this, but with my business in particular, I don't want my business to be my number one priority at all whatsoever. So with that being said, I don't have a huge vision in mind where I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to take this to millions and trillions of dollars. Like that's not what I'm looking for. At the end of the day, my ultimate desire is that I create a business that allows me to have the freedom that I want. I want to be able to go on vacations with my family. I want to have an amazing home that my kids get to bring their friends over to and get to have fun with. Um, I want to be able to not be able to worry about bills, you know, those (laughs) types of things like I used to. Yeah. So I think we just all, I just, you know, that always comes back for me, but 
that, but that's my personal, you know, mm-hmm. you know, those are my personal, you know, goals for myself and my business just allows me to do those things. And I create my business around my life nowadays. Whereas other people, what I used to do is creating a business or creating my life around my business. And that's just, it, it, it completely burned me out. It completely messed with my mental health. Like I was, my anxiety was going like every night and yeah, that that's just, that's, you know, what's going on right now. Yeah. So I very intentionally, a little back backstory on me. I started my business when I had a nine to five. So it was my side hustle. And just two months ago, I went full-time in my business. Ooh, yay. Yeah. Um, full transparency. It was not It was not a planned decision. Circumstances happened and I had to make a call. But one of the things that I was super intentional about was making sure to make this commitment to myself that my business will revolve around my life and not the other way around. So one of the ways that I have done that is to put very strict times. Like I don't start working before 10 a.m. and I'm done by four at the absolute latest. I'm never working on weekends. I might like check a message here or there, but I'm never like sitting down for hours to do work outside of those times. So do you find that having strategies like that help you to keep this kind of like space between your business and your life? Or I wish I was better at it, to be honest with you. I I, am not the best at that. I don't, Mm -hmm. I, I have boundaries, but I'm, I'm good at breaking my own boundaries at any point in time. I'm very great at it. I get an A plus at boundary breaking if it was a subject <laughs> in school. But no, I, 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 I definitely notice that when I create those boundaries and that I stick with them, that yes, 100%, it helps out so much <laughs> yeah. with your mental health, with everything. Like it literally helps everything, but also on top of it too, it's like when we break our own boundaries, let's say a client comes in, we break the boundaries with this one client because we think that this person is going to be really super cool. They're exciting, wonderful, most amazing client. And then what ends up happening is that this client saw that you broke the the boundary before. So now Mm -hmm. they can continue doing that over and over and over again to the point where you go, Oh crap, what did I do? Yeah. Boundaries, I try my best with them. <laughs> um, I, I'm getting better at them very much so. Like, for example, I have Slack for all of my clients. Mm-hmm. We have a Slack channel for every single one of our clients. And lately, I literally put in that I I, I don't want to see any messages until 9 a.m. I even sometimes will sk- in Slack, you can schedule messages as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I do that as well sometimes, even with my team, you know, because I, I want to make sure that not only my clients know, that I have this boundary of not working until 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. and But I also want my clients to know. I want everybody to know, my team and my clients to know at the same time. That definitely makes sense. I I feel like it's tough. It's, it's tough because you're the one who sets the rules, but it's also tough knowing that no one but you is keeping yourself accountable to maintain those rules. So that's why it's kind of good to have a coach sometimes too. Yeah. I I mean, I just recently hired a new coach and she's actually my client as well too. And it's for that factor only. I I told her, I said, I want my goal if for 2022 is for me to start being the CEO of the freedom ad agency. That is my goal. And so we're really together. Like she's keeping me accountable of, like some, like the other day I, I messaged her cause she's a client and I messaged her at 8am, I think, or something like that. And she <laughs> said, she goes, why are you on here? Blah, 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 blah. Like get off. I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Aren't clients like that the best? I had a web design client recently who, um, she was like, you know, she had booked my four to five page site, like kind of normal package. And then she was like, Hey, can we add like this? And can we add that? And can we add that? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's small. And she goes, that is outside of the scope of what we agreed on. So please tell me what your rate is to add that to our contract. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. Cause I was yeah. just going to like, let it fly. Cause it would have taken me, you know, not too much additional time, but clients like that are the best. And I feel like when we operate within 
our boundaries and show that respect to ourselves, we attract people who show that respect to us as well. Yep. And then you get and what happens too, it's like every time I get rid of a bad client, I get two more good clients, which is so funny. And I'm like, okay, this is great. (laughs) That is awesome. So I know that you just mentioned your coach and this is one of the things that I think, I think it's an interesting conversation to have because when we talk about going back to the name of the podcast, things that bother me a little bit in the industry. I think there's this proliferation of messaging that you have to have a coach to succeed or that you have to work with this specific coach, whoever's in your DMs, like they're the one person that can solve your problem. So my question to you is, why do you hire coaches and what do you look for above and beyond, you know, kind of the obvious like check-in times and, you know, things like that. Yeah. I mean, when I first started in my business, the first coach that I ever signed up to was actually a client of mine. Um, I was doing, I was a virtual assistant at the time and I was moving into like niche and into funnels. Um, and the reason why I hired her in the beginning was that I really wanted to have someone actually help me with the strategy. Like I really just wanted to, I wanted to get more clients. I wanted to increase my rates. I really, at that time I didn't, I did feel like I needed a coach. And, and if I say it now, yeah, at that time I definitely needed a coach because <laughs> um, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, what I needed to do uh, or any of those things. So I just wanted to get that started mm-hmm. as time went on. And as I started to experience more of the marketing world myself of like doing ads for clients and doing funnels for clients and launching for clients, I started to figure out, okay, these different marketing strategies, I know what to do. So as I began to experience all those different strategies, I know all of them. If you, if you ever heard of any other marketing funnel out there, I've probably most likely either done it or I've heard of it and I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to nowadays on why I hire a coach, it's accountability. 100% it's accountability. That is it. I could care, and you could talk to my coach now because when we first initially, you know, decided to work together as far as her being my coach and her also being my client, mm-hmm. uh, I, I told her, I said, I'm not going to watch any, I'm not going to sit down and watch any of your trainings. <laughs> um, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, I'll be on some of the group calls, some, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe not. I don't know. But, (laughs) but I also told her, I said, I just need someone to tell me exactly like what to do. Not even just necessarily like not not a particular strategy, but just more of along the lines of what can I do to make sure that I stay focused on my ultimate goals. Mm-hmm. So having that accountability there is really important to me nowadays versus when I first started in the beginning. Yeah, I, I experienced kind of a similar shift. The first coach that I hired was very much like I had a full time job, so I was like, I don't want to have to spend time YouTubing hundreds of hours of how do I start this business. I want to jump from like where I am to working with clients and figuring that out. So I hired her before I even had a client. It was very much strategy. She's brilliant and I love her and learned so much from her. But at this point, it's community and accountability for sure. And and to me, it will never be a community really, to be honest with you. I'm I'm a a lone wolf. I'm I'm a very much a lone type of worker. Yeah. Um, And I I work a lot better that way, (laughs) to be very honest. And, you know, it's good to have, I do have a biz bestie and we do talk, but at the same time, even then that distracts me sometimes, uh, a bit mm-hmm. having a biz bestie that, and, and my biz bestie in particular, she does amazing. And, and it's hard to watch her biz bestie and seeing how great her business is doing and not be, and not be able to go, wow, I wish I had that. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, but Alex, that's not going to work for you. So why are you trying to pursue that? That doesn't make any sense. Is it just because of the money? Okay. It is because of the money. So let's just, let's, that's not going to work out. So let's move away from that. So I, you know, that's, that's the situation. Yeah. You know, when I said community, I thought that you were going to say that wasn't you because, you know, deleting Facebook and and Instagram (laughs) off your phone. I kind of saw that one coming. (laughs) 
Um, all right. So we, we covered what bothers me. So I'm curious in this industry, what would you like to see changed? Oh God, there's so many, right? Um, <laughs> you can, you can pick more than one. We can, we can oh, go deep God, here. Been here all day. I mean, number one that comes to mind, it's not a big one, it, but I would say we could go down the bro marketing world, you know, that area of that, that's actually kind of dying right now, especially with, um, the femininity that mm-hmm. is kind of happening in this coaching industry right now. We're going, we're leaning towards more of a feminine type of marketing versus the masculine type of marketing. So, um, if you're listening to this, you're like, what the heck is she talking about? <laughs> um, the masculine type of marketing would be more towards like the strategies that we've been taught of, you have to get the, you know, get the call, get the sales call. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once you get the sales call, you have to meet it when, when you have to like ask these particular questions and then you need to close them on the call, you know, get that credit close card on the call or else you lost them forever. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that you create a follow-up or make sure that they put a hundred, at least a hundred dollar deposit in or something like that, you know, or gosh, there's so many masculine type of marketing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I'm not going to, I think that it serves its purpose, especially in the masculine world on inside of marketing, but femininity type of marketing is starting to come in. And what that looks like is allowing people, allowing clients to chase us, allowing clients to create their own decisions, right? Instead of pushing them and pressuring them to their decisions, right? There's so many, you know, different ways that you can, you know, have this feminine type of marketing inside of your business that allows you to do that. And that's what I've been creating for myself too. It's like, I got rid of all those bro marketing strategies and now I'm bringing in more of like allowing the person to see me with my ad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but allowing them to make that decision if they want to book a call or not. And then when I, and then I actually, gosh, even the last 24 hours, I had two sales calls booked and I canceled them because in the questionnaire, these people said that they, it wasn't a good fit. I knew it was not a good fit, but I could have done the regular bro marketing strategy of just getting that person in. And I could have, and I have, I -hmm. have done that before many, many times. So what does that end up for me? That ends up having a client that's unsatisfied, having a client that's about to give me a bad review, having a client that's asking for a refund, having a client that's feeling so pressured into getting results ASAP instead of thinking about the sustainability that advertising can bring to their business. So that's one thing that definitely does bother me in, in this space of, of just just only using masculine strategies when you could do the other side and it does perfect. Yeah. I definitely have noticed a similar scenario where you're talking about leaning more into that feminine energy. One of the things that I've noticed in this industry, but also just like generally in the world is oftentimes when we start to correct an industry, the counter correction almost goes just as far the wrong way. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to be really aware of in my business, because when you talk about the feminine energy, like there are people I think that I see taking advantage of that too. Like if you just trust, then you'll make money. If you just like trust and buy into this program, the universe will support you and, and things of that nature. So uh, I think it's really important to always ask yourself does this strategy feel aligned to me and who I am as a person and blend the two a little bit in a way that feels comfortable to you? And that line is going to be different for everyone. Yeah, and I think there's an extreme to both sides, just like mm-hmm. you said, there's an extreme to the feminine side too, where you, where, you know, of, and I, and I've had clients like that, that I just does. And I, I don't, I don't like to bring those clients in anymore mm-hmm. because they don't take responsibility of, mm their actually like of, of their results. And but it, it's good to have a blend of both and thinking about 
whatever, whatever I'm coming up with, how can I make it in a way where it feels amazing to me and it's going to feel amazing to the perfect dream client that I want to attract? That's it. That is it. Boom, bam. Stop thinking about like what Sarah's saying or Susie or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can name off any names, right? But like you have to hone in on what do I want to create? How is it going to attract the dream client that I want to bring in? 100%. So if somebody listening to this episode isn't six years into their business or isn't even one year into their business and they're wondering how to do just that, how do you know what is going to feel good to your ideal client? How, what would you recommend to help them get there? Gosh, I would say start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Most times we're attracting ourselves at some point in time. Um, especially cause bottom line, when you're trying to find clients, especially for like your one-on-one of some kind or any type of high ticket program, you're going to want to bring in people who you might consider best friends. That's it. You're going to want to consider that. And so that's when personality comes in mind when you're trying to find these clients, you have to attract people who are going to be interested in you and in your personality. So you have to pursue that a hundred percent. You need to be yourself a hundred percent, maybe even 115 or there's <laughs> more or whatever you need to be yourself. And I think that the cool thing I feel like now in days versus two years ago, I feel like the pandemic really did shift a lot of mindsets, especially in our space to, be able to create that, that trust for in ourselves. And, and I, I, I feel like anyone that's listening to this, I just want you to start trusting yourself and it's not, it doesn't hurt to go and hire that person that you might be thinking of hiring. That's not, I'm not, I'm not saying don't hire that person. What I'm saying is, is to first trust yourself and that you know how to attract the person that you want to bring in. What are the words that you need to say? You know, what are the things that you need to be doing inside of your content? What, what, what are those things? And what does the experience of the customer journey need to look like from the point that they see your face to the point where you get them to, you know, hand off their credit card, right? So you need to have a great balance of what feels good to me to create that customer journey. Do you know what tool I think it's a bad rep? It's Canva. I am literally in Canva every single day in my business. It's the perfect tool, not just for social media graphics, but for freebies, for websites, speakers bios, for rate cards, anything that you need to create in your business, you can create in Canva. Grab the link below to get started and you can get 30 days of pro for free. Going back to the beginning of our conversation, when we talked about simplifying business, I absolutely love that advice because when I first started my business, that was two and a half years ago ish. Uh, it was all about this ICA, right? Like you create your ICA and you figure out, you know, if it's a woman who's 25 and blah, 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 blah. And it was all demographics at that point. It was very heavy demographics. And then it shifted into, okay, a little bit of demographics, but psychographics too, right? Which are important. Pain points, happy points. Right. I think, honestly, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of um, shit for saying this. I hate the ICA. I absolutely hate it because I think that you're right. Most of the time we are our own ICA. So why don't you just say like, dear self, what would you look for? What would you like? And what would make you buy? And that make that takes it from this, like this exercise and that is so frivolous personally, I'm going to get flack for this. I don't care. Um, it feels frivolous to me, but also one that feels so what's the word like abstract. Like it's hard to express when you start your business and it's hard to think through all of those things. 
So just make it yourself and go from there and then learn as you go, as you have more of these conversations with actual clients. And I'm sure there might be someone here listening to this and going and saying like, oh, but what if my ideal client is completely opposite of me? Like, I don't know, for example, uh, I can't even come up with an example, but basically it, you know, if you're thinking that at all right now, if you're thinking that like my ideal client might be the opposite of me, especially with the happy points and pain points, that's fine. Those different things are, are fine. But what I'm saying is personality wise, yes, make sure that you at least start with personality. You know, are you sarcastic? Are you funny? Are you exciting? What are you? Or are you mean, upfront, bitchy? <laughs> are you um, super outgoing, nice, friendly? Are you those types of things? Yeah. What constitutes you as a person in terms of your personality and start writing content that's going to attract you as a person too. Because mm-hmm. many times, and I don't know if you've noticed this too sometimes, Becca, but if we come at it from a very, if we come from our content of a very robotic type of sound, you're going to attract everybody, everybody and anybody. And the problem with that is then you're going to end up with clients who might not like your personality. And you might attract all different types of people that might not be the best fit for you to be working around. And it's not to say that like, cause there's millions of clients out there. You, there's tons of clients that are looking to work with you. It's not like there's only one or two. There's more, go find them, go attract them, go find them. It's not that big of a deal. Cause I think in the beginning of our business, many times we oftentimes just think of, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't trust myself. I, you know, I, that's, this is why I need to hire a coach because I don't know what the heck I'm doing right now. So I'm going to go watch 5 million YouTube videos on how to do X, Y, Z. Instead of just, again, trust yourself, talk like yourself and know what you want. Ask yourself what you want. I have a friend who is a web designer And I'm going to paraphrase what she said, and I'm probably going to butcher the idea, (laughs) but she basically is really big into vision boarding. So she uses Pinterest, which I love, highly recommend using Pinterest to create vision boards. Um, But she basically said, I, my vision board is going to be the exact same vision board as my ideal client has. And then I, and then she curates her Pinterest or her Pinterest, her Instagram and her feed and all of her external content so that when her ideal client sees that, cause she's a designer, so she's very visual, right? Um, when her ideal client sees that they go, Oh my God, that's on my vision board or, Oh my God, that's so me. And, and it resonates so deeply because she knows exactly who she's talking to because she's talking to herself. I have a quick question. So mm-hmm for you <laughs> to kind yeah. of go into this. Cause I, so I used to do websites and stuff too, but I mostly did like funnels. So like sales pages and mm-hmm. all of those types of stuff. This, this friend of yours and I'm any, do you feel like there's a lot of website designers that listen to this podcast? Ooh, that's a good question. It is so new. I'm not sure that it's necessarily heavily website designers. Okay. So the reason why I'm asking is because if anybody is, so this is a great idea that I can give you guys, mm-hmm. um, or any, even, even if you just don't like, even if it's just not graphic design, you can kind of cater this to, um, virtual assistants, uh, stuff like that, but it mostly works for graphic designers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I used to do this thing where if I wanted a client like really badly, and a specific client in mind. So let's say I wanted to work with a specific client and, and I don't know if she's going to be okay with this, but I did have a client named Genevieve Rackham. Okay. Um, and she constantly was like not wanting to really, she, she would say that she wanted to work with me, but then she decided not to. So it just kept on like happening like that over and over again. And eventually I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try something new. And what I did was, was I, I, I redid her entire brand and I, and I, and I posted it, but I didn't put her name in it whatsoever, but I put all the colors I put in, um, like a bunch of like a, a logo. 
um, that had like G, uh, I think it was like Jennifer Rackham. So it was GR, I think is what it was. I put a, I'll put a whole bunch of stuff in there of the brand and I posted it and I was like, I'm selling this. Does anybody want it? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I knew she was going to see it and she, she loved it. And that's when she first hired me. So if you guys are ever listening, I mean, that something like that is always cool. Like if you want to attract a specific client, do yeah. something along those lines, like make something specific for that person too. I absolutely love that. And it just goes back to showing you that I, that is not a strategy. I've listened to endless podcasts. That is not a strategy that I have ever heard anyone mention before. And I absolutely love it. And I absolutely love that you just probably had this idea and just acted on it without overthinking it and just knew exactly what to do and trusted yourself. So it just goes to show you that we often have the answer within us and don't need all of the, I say this as I, as I host a podcast, you guys don't need this. <laughs> well, you don't, you literally you don't. don't. I mean, it's good to listen to these things, to get some ideas to pop up in your head. That's yeah. why I like watching YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or, you know, back when I used to watch, you know, webinars and all those types of things, right? It gives you an inspiration or idea, but don't allow it to take over your entire situation or your entire, you know, brain and -hmm. allow it to completely be that important thing in your life that you have to create. Like you have to create that funnel or else it's never going to work. Like you're never going to make a sale off of that course. If you don't create this funnel, like that's not a thing you could do whatever. Like you could go talk to somebody right now and have a conversation with them and you can make the sale off of the course. So it's just a matter of thinking about what do I want to do? What does my client want? What would I want out of it if I was the client? Stuff like that. Yeah. And I also think this, the emphasis that we all tend to have on the external is kind of what gets us into trouble as an industry. Like, the the proliferation of bro marketing that we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Well, why do you think it became so widespread? Because people talked about it on podcasts, on YouTube, and then somebody learned that. And then maybe they were a coach and they taught their clients that exact method. And there's kind of this effect of, are we taking the time to think through how a certain strategy affects us and our business and the industry overall, or are we just repeating it because it works? I think I think it's the second option that people are tending to go towards, and that's why I, I'm I'm trying to get most of my clients and and or even just potential leads or or even just like if people who watch my YouTube videos, right? I tried to really pursue allowing people to trust themselves and allowing people to create something that is unique to them. So for example, like I'm telling, I've been doing this for a while of telling a lot of my clients to create webinars that are not based off of the regular one of like secret number one, secret number two, Mm -hmm. secret number three, or shift number one, shift number two, or step number one, blah, blah, blah. Oh gosh, it gets tiring. Instead, a lot of my clients are creating workshops nowadays and 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 doing challenges that not just like information that's being thrown at the consumer, but more of just like allowing them to allow the consumer for my client to be able to um experience their coaching. Experience, right? Mm-hmm. Experience what it's like to work with my client, right? And and I think that that's what people need to start doing nowadays is creating content that is going to create that experience of what is it like to work with you? Yeah. That's all the client wants to know at the end of the day is can this person help me and how are they going to help me? That's it. Bottom line. So give them that information. That's all they need. And if they decide to go with it, they'll decide to go with it. If they don't like it, then you move it along and you're going to find another one. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have any YouTube videos on that? Cause we can link it below if people oh, are interested. God. I don't think I have any, but maybe I need, I, maybe I need to. <laughs> maybe by the time we publish this episode, there may be a link. I can get one out there. Most of my content on YouTube is more of educational type of content, you know, mm-hmm. like the how to type of things. Um, I'm starting to try and get into more of the, what would you call that? I mean, thought leadership. 
I guess so. Like, I don't know, you know, just my thoughts and, and, and putting those thoughts out there because, um, and I don't know if anybody is listening to this. If you're, I don't, are you into human design at all? Oh yeah. I just, okay. I don't know a lot yet, but I just yeah. started. I mean, I'm the same. Um, I'm starting to catch up on it. I'm, I'm mostly just, I'm starting to catch up on what I am and which is a manifester. Oh, okay. Um, and that actually goes in. And if you guys are not into human design yet, I would recommend to possibly go to it. You can get like a free chart. I think it's called Jovian archive or something like that. But you just look up in Google, look up a human design chart or something like that. And you'll be able to put in all your information and get your information as far as what your human design is. But there's, it really just determines who you are and what you're made on this earth for. Mm -hmm. So manifestors in particular were made only to, to come to, to open the door of opportunity. That's basically all we're here for. Um, and to create these ideas. And, And that's why back in the day, many, many, many years, um, we were, uh, manifestors in particular were, um, the hierarchy, so we were like kings and queens and oh. emperors and all these types of things. Um, that manifestors are there to like open the door and to create these ideas. And I'm not meant to really work, which kind of goes into the fact of like when I do work for long periods of time, I burn out. Hmm. And it's because of my human design that I tend to do that. And so I, and I, I'm known for bursts of energy and that's pretty much it. And I have to take, I have to take time to relax or else my mental health goes down. So like, that's, that's something that I've been doing a lot too, is like just learning what my human design is and how can I utilize it for the best of my business and my life. But even if you haven't run your human design chart and you're listening to this and if it feels like one more thing to figure out, (laughs) you can still do this without looking at all of the extra, right? Like you can ask yourself at the end of a 10 hour day, how do I feel versus at the end of a two hour sprint of time? How do I feel? And you can start making notes of the ways you like to work, even outside of length of time. There are plenty of other ways to work. But you can, you can reflect. And I think that's one of the things, gosh, I don't know if we have time for a whole nother topic because this is pushing, we're at, we're almost over 45 oh, minutes. Whoever's listening at this point, you don't care, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's one of the other things that we need to commit to as a group is just reflecting overall, just mm-hmm. even outside of how we like to work, but how is this strategy working? How can I do better for my clients? How can I do better for myself? And I think a lot of times we get stuck in this like go, go, go mentality in this hustle mentality. And we forget to stop and reset and think, was it good or was it bad? Was it neutral? And how do I make it better? Yeah. And again, we go back to the fact of what we talked about with the income. You know, if you're constantly thinking about the income, you're going to end up burnout because let's say you only focus on the income. Let's say you make a million dollars next month. Now you have to figure out how to satisfy all the clients that you just brought in with that million dollars. Yeah. How are you going to do that? (laughs) So, and like, that's what I always come back to. Cause I've had, I have some biz besties that literally had an amazing, like 150 K month, but now they have clients that they have to figure out how to satisfy them. So they Mm -hmm. had a great sales month, but they don't know if they're going to be able to deliver correctly. So that's another thing to keep in mind as well, too. It's like, you got to think about the overall thing of your business. What do you want it to look like? And that's why I'm constantly thinking as a CEO too. It's like, I'm not just thinking about how to make more sales. I could do that all day. I can make more sales right now in a second. If I really wanted to, I can go back on Instagram on Facebook and find clients this second. Mm -hmm. But what that does for me is that now I just compromise my boundary of, of what I've been wanting to create but also too, what it does is too, is that if, do I have the capacity to bring in these new clients right now? Yeah. And serve them at the level that you would like to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're pushing 50 minutes. 
And I feel like we've talked about so many things. I think this this is the theme of my podcast is that I think that we're going to go down one path and then we go down a totally different one. And it is always way better than I imagined. I <laughs> so, love it. <laughs> um, all right. I, before we hop off, I want to give you the chance to let everyone know not to find you on Instagram. If you ever want to go check out my Instagram or, or anything like that, you're welcome to, but I'm not consistently on there anymore. I don't do Instagram stories. Don't do any more content on there. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to get to know more about me or like really just want to get more, um, information or anything along those lines, I do have a YouTube channel where, especially in 2022, I'll be posting, um, more content onto there. And you can just find me by looking up like Alexandra Ramirez and then like Facebook ads or something along those lines that you that will usually get it. I'll link it all down below. Uh, I also have a $27 Facebook ads course for anybody who wants to like do it yourself. Like just wants to like learn a little bit more about Facebook ads or in, and, and by the way, Facebook and Instagram, the, the two ads work together in the mm-hmm. ads managers just for everybody else to know. So if you buy my $27 Facebook ads course, it's going to teach you not only how to create Facebook ads, but also how to create successful, profitable Facebook ads. Um, and, and a very simple process. It's not something that's very super difficult. Um, and then if you just want somebody to do it for you, you can always hire an agency and, you know, we're amazing at what we do. And my team is amazing. I love them. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation and I feel like we might need to do a round two at some point because (laughs) we ran out of time here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Of course. I think I end every episode. I'm probably bothered saying how this is my favorite conversation, but it's always true. If you had to take one thing out of this episode, I would say simplify and do less. Make sure that all of that advice that you're hearing out there really makes sense for your business before you take on one more thing to do. I also wanted to say a quick thank you to Aaron and Erica for shouting out Probably Bothered on your Instagram this week. I appreciate it more than you know. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you resonated with this conversation, if you would like to pass it along to a friend, I would be endlessly grateful. And if you want to subscribe or leave a review as well, that would make my day. It would make my week if we're being honest. Until next week, this was probably bothered.